Hey, Pranasas, welcome back. Exciting episode coming up. The co-founder and CEO of Sticker Mule is with us today. Super excited about that. Anthony Constantino. Um, he started Sticker Mule about 13 years ago. I'm sure everybody's heard of Sticker Mule here and or uses it regularly. And he just dives into this the story of it, the 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 ups and the downs and everything in between. Very, very exciting episode, especially to have him on. But real quick, we've got four awesome sponsors. You guys know the names. Uh, hopefully you picked the first one correctly. Here we go. Easy Way. You know that you shouldn't be spending all day cleaning dirty screens. Easy Way's line of environmentally conscious chemicals will get the job done faster, more efficiently, and cost you a fraction of the cost per screen. 701 and 842 are Campus Inc.'s favorite Easy Way chemicals to clean and reclaim. If you value a company with how-tos, with best practices and questions to help you, EasyWay is the best company to use for that. We appreciate you guys. Thank you. Multicraft. All right. Open up your phone, pull up Instagram, and send a DM to multicraft underscore daddy. Multicraft underscore daddy is giving out free cases of PMI tape. So send him a DM, tell him how much you love the podcast. If you do, thank you. And uh, Dave will get your info and uh, send you a case of PMI tape. If you need ink supplies or a daddy, Multicraft screen printing and digital supplies for over 50 years have been providing you with top brands at competitive pricing. We thank you, Multicraft, for being able to work with us. Supercolor. Supercolor is the world's best heat transfer it's made by screen printers for screen printers. And uh, we actually spent some awesome time. They're out in California. Uh, they have a facility in, in Los Angeles area. These guys are so great to be able to get to know. And their support team, though, is incredible. Uh, if you ever have issues or in a pickle, you can absolutely be able to reach out. And they really, really do uh, and just go over the top to make things right. Shipping you things overnight, whatever needs to get done, they are there. They're a ride or die, which is amazing. They understand the pressures and expectations of running a shop. And so that's why they pride themselves on being super fast and super easy. Use Printavo 15. That's Printavo 15. You get 15% off your order. And then last but not least, GraphX Source. If you need a solution to help improve efficiency and reduce costs in your art department, GraphX Source offers industry-leading outsourcing options to be a part of your team. This works so well with different people using Printavo to help with production art, with order entry, mock-ups, creative work, digitizing, um, even some customer service, they are there. They have over 30 years being in the game and really know how to uh, work inside of your shop to be able to help you there. Use Printavo Pod for 50% off your first vector SEP or digitizing order. Let's jump into the episode. Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, Anthony, appreciate you joining us. I um, I had to look back to my first email reaching out to Sticker Mule. Um, the, your team, rather, November 2021. Uh, oh, okay. and there's been a couple of emails since then. I won't say the, the number, huh. but Anthony Bruce is a, is a sticker mule diehard fan. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and we are diehard customers, but, uh, Bruce has always obsessed over sticker mule. So <laughs> that's why he's stalking yeah. you. Even, even yeah. that's awesome. 
<laughs> Even yeah, the hot sauce. It's been added to the cart. I, I can't eat hot sauce, but it's been added to the cart because I thought oh, okay. it was cool. Um, <laughs> no, but we're, so a little bit of background, like we're in the screen printing industry, um, you know, kind of neighboring to uh, the labels side that you're in, although I know you dove into um, uh, t-shirt side as well. So uh, Stephen runs a, a, a larger shop and a bigger program out of Illinois as well. And, um, yeah, I mean, as Steven mentioned, like it's fascinating, I think seeing sticker mule as to what you've built and how it changes what you thought was the norm. Um, the way that the, you know, process of ordering is done, approvals, the speed, the customer service. I think we like to try to pluck these unique object out of space and like figure out their story and, and, you know, send screenshots and everything. So for some reason, our purchasing team, my phone number is on the account and I like never took it off. So I still get every proof to my phone. And I, I was, Bruce was like, how much do you sticker mule? And so I just like recorded my screen and just started scrolling. (laughs) And I went to like, I went to like 2020. I mean, it went back, Bruce. It was, it was like a really long, I should, we should post it on here when we post the video. I haven't logged in in years. Like we, we use it. I mean, it's, it's like a a big part of our business, but I think what's interesting is as screen printers, we like selling, you know, a $3 shirt for $8 and stickers are kind of a, an afterthought for us or yeah, we'll, we'll get them for the customers, but you guys obsess over it. Um, which I think is, is just like super fascinating. Can you go into a little bit of your backstory on sticker mule just so, you know, shops listening kind of, kind of can, can get up to speed. And, yeah, and actually even Anthony before sticker mule, I'm kind of curious about too, cause you've mentioned that you were in manufacturing before, but I yeah. didn't see much about that. Yeah, I was, well, it's a long story. So I just said it would be two podcasts, but you know, the short story is, you know, I was, I was, uh, I was, I guess, you know, born into the world of manufacturing. My father started a manufacturing company. He died when I was eight. By the time I graduated college, we were in like, you know, a bankruptcy situation. The company had become, you know, 10 years of his absence, the company had become completely dysfunctional. So I went through X number of years of trying to save, you know, a dysfunctional family company from, uh, from bankruptcy. And then, um, and then down the road ended up starting sticker mill, ran both for a period of time. And then, uh, the one acquired the other, well, sticker mill acquired the other to get the floor space and, and, and all that. What type of manufacturing was it? We did packaging. So yeah, we did retail packaging. Yeah, we did packaging and envelopes. We did, envelope. oh, you know, we did, uh, no, we did, we did packaging. I, I don't remember, it was so long ago. Uh, we did envelopes too. We made uh, photo packaging, photo envelopes. When people used to get their photos developed, we would, we would make, we were one of the people making the uh, envelopes. So partly, you know, the economy, partly the uh, economy, Sorry, the, the the changes in the world decimated us. You know, digital cameras killed the uh, photo packaging business. But, you know, also it was uh, very dysfunctional. You know, when things change, you got to change. And uh, it was very, it was very, it was very dysfunctional. So I did that for a period of time, spent a few years of my life uh, meeting with bankers every uh, three to six months and, you know, begging them not to force us into bankruptcy because we were out of compliance with outstanding loans and we were out of compliance with the terms of our, of our loans. And, uh, yeah, eventually got out of that situation, stabilized the company financially and then, you know, and then started sticker mill. Wait, how, how old were you then? I started doing that when I was like 19, I, you know, I was like, when I was like 19, I was still in college. How big of an impact did those years play on what you, what you do today? Uh, you know, it, like seeing, <laughs> I got to see up 
uh, first up close and personal things I don't want to see happening in a company. So, you know, uh, you know, when we started building Sticker Mule, we designed it to, to you know, I say we designed it to be a great place to work, a great place to shop. We wanted to make it, you know, a place where I would enjoy working and other people would enjoy working. And that means like not having dysfunction. And uh, somebody said to me once we were, we were five years in a sticker mill and, and uh, our CFO said to me, she's like, she said, well, what's our strategy? We don't seem to have one. I said, we have a simple strategy. It's called we, we try to get better every day. And in a lot of companies, you see a lot of stagnation. And like, that's what I saw. I saw a company, you know, I was in a company before that was failing and people were stagnant resistant to change. They didn't want it. They just, they just wanted the next day to be better for no apparent reason. It was just going to be better. And, uh, you know, sticker mills, a company is always moving forward. So I said, you know, our strategy is we get better every day. And I said, look at everyone at sticker mill, all, all the salaried people. If you look at anyone salaried and non-factory and even the factory, I said, but definitely all the salaried, they all come to work every day thinking about or doing something tangible to make the company better, you know, almost every single day. And, um, when you, when you, when you work that way, you know, things just naturally get better. But yeah, it was, uh, you know, that's a big impression. I mean, I never wanted to go through bankruptcy again. I never wanted to be beholden to banks. So Sigma has no investors and uh, we have, you know, we, we have a bank, but we, um, we're not beholden to any banks. We took out a loan during COVID just because we were, uh, this is actually interesting. We took out a loan during COVID just because, you know, why not? That was the only time we ever took a loan where you were able to easily service it. We didn't know what was going to happen. And then the whole COVID thing happened and um, we, you know, our lawyers came to me and we, we addition to getting a loan, we qualified for one of these. This, we took out a loan before the, the PPE program. I wasn't planning to talk about this. It was like a payback protection program. Yeah, we, yeah. No, this is great. We, we took out a loan before the payback protection program. We didn't even know that was going to happen. And then that came into existence and our lawyers and our accounts were like, you know, we could, we could qualify for quite a lot of money through the payback pay protection program. And we, we refused it. We ended up not taking it. I wouldn't take the pay tech protection program money. We qualified for a few a few million dollars. And I just said, I, you know, I don't like being beholden to other people. I was like, nothing comes for free. There's going to be strings attached. And uh, there ended up being strings attached in a way because all the companies that did take a lot of money, they all got like, some of them got shamed, you know, on the internet for taking money when they didn't need it and so on and so forth. And you, I mean, we, we needed it in a sense because we were 100% shut down. So we went from having because we were in New York state, which got completely shut down. So we went from having, um, our best, you know, we had, we had a massive record month, the month before COVID. So we were like, it was incredible. And then all of a sudden we had zero sales for a month. We got completely shut down. We couldn't take any orders. All of our customers were leaving and going to our competitors who were allowed to stay open. And so we had to cover the cost of all of, all of the entire company with no income. Um, luckily we were only shut down for about a month. Um, so we, you know, we did deserve the money, but you know, whatever, we didn't take it. We took a loan instead. That's the only one. Wow. Holy cow. That's, um, <laughs> okay. Can you backtrack a little bit and, and talk about like the inception of sticker mule? Like when did it really start to take off? You know, cause I mean, you started in what, 2010 or something yeah, like we that? Started in, we started in 2010. Like when, say, when, yeah, when was like a hobby to like, oh, this is legit to like, Oh, this is this is bigger than you know bigger than anything now. Like when was that? Yeah, if you could walk us through. I say it took off immediately the first day because we opened and we got like about twenty orders the first day. And you know, I said I had been in a company that was failing and struggling to get orders and couldn't figure out a way to get orders. And I was like, well, twenty orders in a day, I never seen that. Where did they come from? Do you remember? Uh, what happened was we designed. You know, the, at the time, see our designer designed sticker mill and it looks roughly like it looks today, and. Um, 
And so if you go back 12 years, a site that looks like ours was pretty impressive. Um, he had never designed a website before also. It was his first time ever designing a website, but you know, he designed Sticker Mill. He did it in about two weeks and it looks roughly like what it looks like today. So at the time it was popular on the internet to, to um, within, design, within the design community to talk about interesting new design concepts because the web was just starting to become beautiful in around 2010 prior. It was like the web 2.0 movement. Like the web was starting to become, people were realizing like websites didn't just need to be, you know, exist. They could also look attractive and stylish and it was getting easier to make things attractive and stylish. So, um, yeah, the design, the design community just started talking about us. We got on a bunch of blogs, cool new designs of the weeks and so on and so forth. And because of that, um, you know, we started instantly getting, getting orders. Wow. You're, you're speaking Bruce's language. Bruce is a, is yeah, a designer. Big, big previous yeah. designer, turn coder and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Bruce, we, uh, our students stalk your blog from back in your day where you did a redesign for PayPal as a case study. Yeah. It's that really was, a, that it was an interview like for, uh, for Google. And then I um, didn't, uh, didn't get the job. So I, but so I used built, it but, as a portfolio. But, but you built Printavo, so we're grateful for you. But um, <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah, you grew this like paid ads organically. Tell us about that. Yeah. So no, we didn't, we didn't do ads until about year three and uh, only because a customer co contact us and they, they said, you know, you could make a lot of money running ads. And I said, no, it's okay. We don't, uh, you know, we don't do advertising. And he was like, well, I run advertising for a, a pretty large, uh, a very large e-commerce company. And he said, I'm so convinced you'd be successful with this. I'll, I'll do it for free. And you're, you know, you have to pay for the ads, but I'll run your ad campaigns for free. And uh, I was like, well, all right, whatever. And so we started and, and we had success. And, and then, you know, he said to me, look, I'm, I, I kind of want to get out of this job and start a consultancy. Um, would you, you know, would you go on contract with us? So that was the beginning of us, you know, running ads was year three customer intervening and, and getting us into that world. I would say now we're probably one of the, you know, we probably out by everyone in terms of ads in our space, um, mainly because. Uh, you know, our conversion is very high. So I, I tell people like, as, as your conversion gets higher, your ad return gets better. You know, I didn't know anything about this in the beginning, but right. So as your conversion gets higher, your return on ad spend gets better. So you can run more ads than other people would. So um, if you look at our ad spend, it's, it's, it's pretty substantial. And uh, can you share what were, you guys spend now? No, I don't, we, you know, so uh, it's, it's, a, it's a substantial number. You, you know, the, the best thing people could do, they want to get a sense of what we do is like, you know, there's a cool tool called similar, similar web that I use a lot. I don't know if you guys use SimilarWeb, but SimilarWeb gives you some amount of data on, on all sorts of companies. And I use that to look at people all the time. It's, it's, but, but it's in the millions, right? Like, yeah, it's not a hundred thousand, <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's interesting. Like you, you didn't know much about ads, you, you know, like, okay, let's do it. And then you found something and you just kept iterating on it. Do you think that is what fueled, like you knew you had a beautiful product awesome customer experience and you just put more gas on it. Do you feel like that is what really fueled like the ex exponential growth of the company? You know, I, uh, I didn't know anything when we started. I, I the only thing I, I was like a hobbyist designer, although I couldn't design from a perspective of actually drawing anything or using a design tool. I could, like I understood usability principles as a hobby. I enjoyed that. Um, I didn't know marketing at all. You know, now that I'm into marketing, I could, you know, I, I tell everyone like there's, it's, pretty simple i thought everyone like once we were like three or four years or five I don't know, at some point uh, we were in the sticker and i said how do we figure out how to continue growing or like what's determining our growth and yeah like figure it's pretty simple it's, it's it's just how much traffic do you get every day 
And then how effective are you? What's your conversion rate on that traffic? How effectively do you convert that traffic into customers? And then what do they spend on average? So if you want to grow revenue, you're either going to grow traffic, you're going to improve your conversion rate, or you're going to increase your average spend per customer, average order size. And I said, like, early on, even to this day, I said, you know, increase, convincing people to spend more money is not so easy. Um, so, like, in the beginning, we worked a lot on conversion rate. And then eventually, uh, there's diminishing returns on conversion rate. Like, you can't have a 50% conversion rate. It can only get so high. Um, you, you know, we're still working on conversion rate. But uh, at a certain point, you know, your focus just becomes on growing traffic. So then you start to think, well, how can I grow traffic? Um, advertising. You know, there's only a few ways to do it. Google, organic, advertising, email, social, which I'm like less of a fan of. And, um, you know, whatever other channels, you know, people use different channels like like TV ads and stuff like that to get brand awareness and billboards and stuff like that. But, um, you know, we just realized the main way where your traffic is Google paid, Google organic email. And uh, actually, that's, and, and that's just about it for us. Wow. Just for shops listening to this conversion is like once they're on their web- website, when they've started the checkout pro- process, actually getting them to buy. Right. And so that can we can we talk about that for a second? Because like the sticker ordering process, right, like there's like ASI companies and promo companies and like it's so difficult to like order stickers with Sticker Mule. You can order a sticker. You can order, you know, whatever type of stickers you want within seconds. Um, Can you tell us about that? Because I think that's this is a custom. It could be a die cut sticker could be any type of sticker and you're doing a completely custom process all online. Yep. I don't know, Bruce, that's like, that's the part that like, I'm like, this is insane. Yeah. All right, real quick. I got to tell you something. This is really interesting. And here's why we formed a company called Inktavo. You may have heard of it, but it has three different brands right now. Printavo, Inksoft and Graphics. So we're all sister companies now, a big happy family. What we're able to do is Printavo's managing your shop management and workflow organization. Inksoft can run your website and handle online stores at scale. So running multiple different stores for fundraisers, schools, um, company stores, and everything in between. And Graphics Flow is a brand new product to be able to help reduce all the back and forth with art. So it has a huge art library that you can put on your website so customers can see and pluck what they want. Plus, you can also be able to collect different ideas and send them to customers to approve as well. Really, really cool. Plus in-app editing. It's like Canva, but specifically for shops. All right, check it out. All those brands are on inktavo.com. That's inktavo.com. All right, thanks. So as we as we got going, um, you know, people started saying to us, you know, we were growing pretty good and people started saying, you know, you don't, you don't have to be killing your competitors. And I said, no, the funny thing is a number of our competitors, they would, they would publish their numbers on their blog. You know, we don't give our numbers up, but they would give their numbers up. And I'd say, no, like we're not killing, they're actually growing. All of our competitors were growing along with us. And I think, you know, the reason why is we surveyed our customers a few times and we found out that 50% of people that buy from us had never bought stickers before. So well, we realize, you know, when you make something easy to buy, you, you mentioned like, you know, some, some, some sites is very, sometimes very difficult to buy stickers, but when you make it very easy, when it's difficult, people are going to buy stickers for their brand, for their company, things that they really need. Um, when it's easy, they're going to buy stickers of their cat. You know, they're going to buy stickers of their dog, pictures of their friend's face. You know, somebody, somebody said, yeah, they, whatever. 
fixes her friend's face to put in, you know, bathroom stalls and stuff like that. You know, I don't know. But yeah, all of a sudden, you know, people that never thought to buy stickers are buying stickers because we, you know, we made it so easy. You know, uh, going back to the beginning a little, like, I imagine just like anybody starting some sort of production facility, the first order can't be good. Uh, you know, you're learning how to do it. You're learning what materials to buy and everything like that. Do you remember what that was like? Yeah. Yeah. We, we had a lot of luck. The crazy thing is our first order was, was a GitHub before we even launched the site. So GitHub's a pretty popular, you know, website. They got acquired by, who they get? They get bought by uh, Microsoft, Microsoft or something. Yeah. They got bought by Microsoft, but, um, the guy that was developing our site knew the founder. And he said, hey, I'm, I'm developing a sticker site. And the founder liked stickers because they had the, the GitHub. OctaCat was a popular sticker. And so he put me in touch with the founder at GitHub. And I said, uh, you know, we were so excited. I said, I'll do a free order, you know, first order free. He said, well, I usually buy 10,000 stickers. We were like, oh, crap. You know, that was a lot for us. <laughs> like, oh, crap. So we, you know, we had a stick to our word. We made 10,000 stickers. We sent them to him. And he goes, these stickers are terrible. And so... It took us like three or four times to get it right. You know, when you first get into printing, your colors aren't, we didn't, we didn't know, like your colors aren't necessarily correct. Um, you know, we had a lot of issues with the quality in the beginning. So, but he, he helped us before we even launched, get to a reasonable uh, quality standard. And then we just kept, you know, we kept approving it. So when you first started out, did you have like a rolling printer that could cut like, you know, like that's what we have in our shop and yeah. we despise it. Yeah, we have something along those lines. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, funny when shops, like I'll see this happening. Shops will buy equipment. They'll buy these rolling 54 inch printers. Like, I'm going to get into stickers. And then they realize that like the same sticker quality you order from like company like yours is just like completely different. And to yep. get that same quality on your own, you know, $30,000 machine, you still have to laminate it, cut it. It's not easy. Um, like printing stickers is not simple by any means. Um, like I'd rather screen print than than print stickers. We well, we we invested a lot into the process to get it. You know, it's it's relatively inexpensive to get into stickers, right? Like the machines aren't that expensive, but you had to get consistent quality and do it at scale. You know, we're dealing with like lots of orders. We need colors consistent. We have quite a few machines. The, it's difficult to synchronize your machines so that they all produce the same quality. So like whether somebody's getting a sticker off printer two or printer six or whatever, uh, you know, it's coming out the same quality. Um, so yeah, we, 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 we had to put a lot of effort into, into that, but you know, once you figure it out, you're, you know, you're good to go. Can you, can you tell us, like, can you give us any details on the secret sauce of how you guys secret sauce? That's funny. How you guys proof so quickly, like, you guys send proofs, like it's like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Shocking AI was not, fast. AI just came out like last week. Well, so like, that's. Like, you know, people say AI, I say like it's machine learning. We were using, we've been using some sort of some, something similar to AI for quite a while, like pretty early, actually like one of the first, we built our proofing system as like to launch with. So that was like one of our first major innovations. Um, we, we thought like there should be a simple online proofing process where it's not, um, you know, before the proofing was done through email, right? So, uh, you know, we considered like, I don't know, making our proofing process available to other people at points in various points in time. But, you know, we did, you know, we did, we designed the proofing system, which, you know, gave us a leg up and then we just keep investing in it. So if you look at, you know, it's, it's, we got a whole team of developers that work nonstop on our proofing system. And, um, we, we do have what I would call something similar to, AI. you know, we do have some like people call it, you know, I guess you could say it's AI. People are using the word AI more often before it was machine learning, but, 
what I what people call it is just it's just software doing things automatically. So um, our software is able to do quite a number of things automatically, and then our team does you know does the rest what what software can't do. But um, yeah, mainly it's just investment in software. In fact, my founder is uh, my co-founder is uh, he's in his eighties. He's he, when he co-founded the company with me, he had never used a computer before. So um, when we started hiring developers, we started with a firm on the outside and then, and then we started hiring. We actually uh, got two of the top people from the firm to leave and join us. And then we built, built out our own Wait, team. wait, your co-founder's 80? Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. I, my co-founder's 60. <laughs> oh, wow, that's be, cool. Wait, yeah. can, you, can you talk about that for a second? Like, I don't know, that's... How that happened, yeah. Well, yeah. my co-founder's like in his, in his, in his, in his he's, he was in his 70s. He's a friend of mine, he likes... Um, I don't know. It's a long story. He's a friend of my, my father's. He's my brother's brother's godfather. So my, I said, my, I mentioned my dad passed away when I was eight and he sort of just always looked, you know, looked after me. Um, so me and him always kept a good relationship. And he, 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 you know, when I was screwing up in school, he would step in and tutor me and make sure I passed math class and stuff, stuff, stuff like that. So, you know, he always was there supporting me when he finally turned 70, got his first computer. He was asking me for advice on how to use it. And I just started BSing about starting an internet company and it'd be better to do manufacturing online and yada, 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 yada. And he said, what the heck, how does that even work? And, and I showed him uh, cafe press and Zazzle and he said, okay. And then he went, he said, okay, I'm, well, I'm going home. He went home and he, he came and saw me the next day with a notepad. And he, he said, almost word for word, uh, you know, Anthony, I stayed up last night with a bottle of vodka and thought about what you said. And he goes, I, and, uh, finished the bottle and decided we got to start an internet company together and so that was the beginning of sticker mule i, I actually said uh you know i got a lot going on right now because i was you know i had another, I had another company I, I i was i was managing i said i got a lot going on right now maybe down the road he said no 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 you showed me the internet uh last night and he goes you're already five years too late so he said i didn't have any money he said well i'll, I'll, I'll fund it if you're interested you know, and I said, um, he said, but you got to decide today because you're already five years too late. So I said, all right. So he said, well, we got to get a lawyer and get incorporated. And um, I didn't even tell my existing my existing company that I was going to start a separate one because I didn't want to. You know, we had gone through bankruptcy. I didn't want to put the fear of God in them that I had lost faith. I had lost faith. So I did this quietly on the side we went and got a lawyer our lawyer was 80 at the time and we went in and he said uh dick me and anthony need your help we're gonna start an internet company together and, and dick said uh the internet my grandkids say it's phenomenal he didn't use a computer so. <laughs> that <laughs> is such a good story yeah so wow we got incorporated and and then we, we launched three months after that conversation and i you know i did basically two jobs for quite a while Dude, I'm going to reach out to your, to your team after because I want a shirt that says Sticker Mule and Internet Company. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's your what's relationship that? now with your co-founder? Is it like pretty good or do you guys? Yeah, yeah I just talked to him. Um, he didn't really, you know, he, he kind of worked the first year and then he actually, he was really excited. So he did, we had phone support in the beginning. He would take phone calls and do phone support. Um, he didn't really know how to use his computer, but he would still try to do phone support. But uh yeah, he's you know he's just, he's, a, he's a good friend. Um, I call him when I, you know if I need advice on something or if I need help with uh, you know with something or other. That's I called him when cool. when when the, the when the banks all seemed like they were going to implode a few weeks ago. I called him and you know talked through what we should do, and we ended up 
Wimbledon. Now we have we had one bank. Now we have three banks. So, um, <laughs> That's such a cool story. Thanks yeah. for sharing that. Yeah. What What are Chris, like when you guys are growing? Do you remember any wild just war stories of? Uh, you know, I don't know, you having to drive somewhere to pick up an order and deliver, you know, just wild stuff that's happened over the years. Oh, I'm sure there's a lot, you know, one in particular that, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something in particular that would stand out. But, you know, the GitHub one, because it was the first order, was was memorable. Yeah. Um, you know, I have more stories, more so about customers than about the creation of the company. Like, I, you know, people sure. ask how big we are. I never, I never really disclose that, but I can say, like, we do have an operation where we operate both in the United States and in, in Italy. And, uh, you know, I like serendipity. I like good stories. So I think, like, whenever I get a chance to create a good story, I just try to do it. And so, you know, there was, I would, when we first, when we, one of the things I would do in our earlier years is I would just surf the internet. And if I saw somebody that seemed interesting, I would talk to them. And I was on this sticker website called Unix Stickers, and the live chat popped up. And uh, the guy said, the guy said, hello. I said, hey, I'm Anthony from Sticker Mill. He said, oh, I love Sticker Mill. And he said, can I ask you a question? Why don't you sell to Europe? I said, well, why do you care? And he said, well, I'm Italian. And he said, I would love to buy from Sticker Mill, but I can't because you don't sell to Europe. And so I said, well, can you help me figure out how to do it? He said, sure. So he ended up writing a proposal of what we needed to do, changes we needed to make to the website to service Europe. We implemented those. We started selling to Europe. And then as luck would have it, um, I randomly went to Italy to, to buy a machine. This is another crazy story, but I randomly, I randomly went to Italy to buy a machine. We wanted to get into uh, transfer stickers, which are vinyl lettering, people call them. And we heard there was like an automatic process to do it. So I called and the company that did it, that came up with the process was in Italy. So um, we called them and we said, we'd like to buy, you know, we'd like to buy your machine. And they said, well, it's uh it's August. We're, 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 we're coming. It was like the end of July. It's going to be August soon. We're on vacation. We can meet in September. I said, I'm going to be on vacation soon. When are you going to be on vacation? They said, um, well, next week. I said, what if I leave today? Would you be able to see me? So they said, sure. So I ended up getting on a plane. I went to Italy. We ended up buying this machine, which, and, um, and, uh, and then I contacted the Italian guy that I met on live chat. And I said, I'm in Italy. Would you like to hang out? And um, he said, yes. We went and saw him, became friends. And he ended up joining us and we, we founded, um, we founded Sticker Mill Europe. And at the same time, the, um, the engineers that designed this uh, technology, um, became friends with us and, and ended up exiting their company and, and starting our, uh, we have an internal hardware division where we design our own machines now. So we use a combination of machines that we buy and machines that we make. And so, Yeah. If you want a crazy, I don't know. That's one I mean, you like talk boring. to a live chat person, literally like a live chat help desk, and that turned into sticker mill yeah. Europe. So we, that's pretty so wild. We, so he yeah. um, he he started because he ran a sticker operation, and he had customer service for his own business. So we absorbed his company, and they did customer service for us in marketing in Europe. And then the machine we bought, the engineers. Uh, grew to like us and they exited their company and and, and they started uh, innovation lab for machinery in Europe. And then we said, well, since we're making machines in Europe, we need to test the machines in a live setting. So we ended up building a factory in Europe as well. And, and the guy that I talked to on live chat oversees the uh, entire operation. 
Wow. Okay. So <laughs> tell us like the scale. I'm trying to understand the scale of sticker mules at because you, you guys are out yeah. there, but you, you sort of are under this mystique layer yes. underneath. So, you know, whatever you can of, of size wise or like the, the different Wait, warehouses. Like how many employees you got? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, all these companies that talk about themselves, they're all, they're generally either, um, we don't do a lot, you know. We we did this interview because you guys are customers and and sale and 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 I like you guys are also in printing, so I thought it'd be cool to talk to you guys. But a lot of people talk about their numbers. I think it's interesting. They're either uh, looking for venture capital or they have venture capital or whatever. And you know, we haven't ever needed venture capital or got it, so we've always you know kept quiet. I haven't, we haven't done any podcasts. Cause I said like honestly, um, you know, secrecy is a competitive advantage and it's not helpful. Like if you it makes look, you at look these a lot smaller too, but. It- Clearly, that's not the case. Yeah, it's commoditized. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's you know, as soon as people get a sense of success, like right, obviously we're successful. People can guess that, but you know, maybe who knows? It's hard to tell exactly. Uh, but you know, all these people that go and say, "Oh, I did, I did this," all of a sudden you got competition, and then you know, I don't, you know, you got this whole VC world in California, which has cooled off a little bit because of the economy, but they just then they just start throwing money at your competitors. So, um, you know, we've had a few, we've had some competitors get VC funding. Um, a number of our competitors have gotten acquired in the last few years. So I don't know if, if you're familiar with the sticker market, but I think three of our top competitors were acquired. Wow. Do you, do you try to then acquire like sticker companies if, if it's a good or do you're just like, I'll, it's easier for me to just, to just beat, beat them out? Yeah. So when you're, acquire, you know, it'd be, it'd be tempting to do, but like when you're, if you're, if you were to acquire a sticker company, we're only acquiring like revenue. Um, and we like, so we like innovation. I mean, I don't, yeah, we like innovation. I'm, I wasn't particularly interested in stickers. I wanted to create an internet company. You know, I was like, as a, I went to, I don't know, I wanted to create an internet company. Like me and my friends would be, you know, I think there was a point in time everyone was like, that was the cool thing to do. Like, let's get on the internet. Let's create an internet company. I like technology. I like innovation. Um, since I had a background in manufacturing, like manufacturing was my foray into being able to start a sort of technologically based company. But I like innovation. So yeah, we wouldn't go... If, unless we wouldn't go about acquiring a, a competitor, a direct competitor, I don't think. Um, you know, we've done a number of like little mini acquisitions of technology. Generally, we do tech, you know, technology or something fun. So the way we use Sticker Mule in our shop is we don't print stickers. We'll sell them to customers, but we 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 sell them as upsells to shirts, right? So if someone puts in a big order, we'll be like, hey, you know, we'll throw stickers on, and then we just ship the stickers straight from you all. Do you, do you get a lot of B2B sales? Like, do you, is this weird? Like, do you, do you get people reselling sticker mule? Like wholesaling it? Uh, we're not from, we don't know. We don't know. That's crazy. So possibly. Um, Um, I, I definitely think in our industry shops will, instead of going ASI promo, cause it's so hard to order, they will order from sticker mule and then get them to their customers. So I will, I shouldn't pre-announce features, but like, I think since you guys are in this space, <laughs> maybe it makes sense, but like, no, we are like, we're work- this too. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're working on a feature to support resellers. Um, but in a different way, I think in a different way than anyone else has done. So we're not going to have like reseller accounts per se. Like we're, we just released uh, public profiles. So you can create a, a, a profile URL on sticker mill. Anyone can do it. We have a lot of artists that buy from us and it's not, it, this is a feature that's going to benefit everyone, but might be particularly beneficial for resellers. But um, if you're able to get people to enter through your page and either buy through your page or sign up through your page, that person is going to get tracked as your, um, as your, as your affiliate and will give you a, a percent of their future purchases. So 
all your people that you're currently managing, you could have them come directly to us. And then as they buy from us again in the future, you guys would make um, a percent. And so that's, that's our way of it just uh, enhances. Like, we'll just tell our customers, yeah, we just get them from sticker mule and we'll send them. They're great. You know, um, yeah, 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 cause, yeah. cause for us intake wise, our B2B print shop isn't built for someone ordering a hundred stickers. There's just not enough yes. in there. Right. We're all optimized for like very small orders. Right. 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 So right, yeah, right, we're, right. we're, you know, we do those 50, we do deals all the time. 50 for 29, 50 stickers for $29. We do 10 stickers for a dollar. Um, we're optimized for small orders like the, uh, in, you know, I don't like, give, you know, like the, the way to do that, like the only way to do that is you got to be able to design your own manufacturing processes. Otherwise, it's almost impossible. Yeah. But I also think you guys think about this a lot differently, right? You said traction or, you know, like getting traffic, converting customers, you know, reducing that spend. It's a different game that you're playing when you give a customer 10 stickers for a dollar. Um, if you're a small business, you don't start doing those promos if you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, you can't do 10 stickers for a dollar out the gate, right? You have to know you that that's going to work for you. For yeah, that's a CAC, uh, that's a, yeah, that's a customer acquisition play, right? Um, yes, that one is purely like, let's acquire the customer because we know they're going to come back and, and on average, they're going to come back and return more than we lose on that order. You know, obviously we're losing orders. We're losing money at $10. What about the hot sauce? I, our shop has way too much of it. Um, tell us about the story behind that. Uh, so, so if you order stickers, you get hot sauce, right? Um, tell us about that. We like, we said like, we like to be fun. We like jokes and humor. And so, you know, the hot sauce was just an opportunity to inject a little more comedy and humor into what we were doing. We did, um, we did, a. uh, uh job fair and to get people to come to the job fair we gave away free hamburgers so we, so we said to the sit our city we said we're gonna do free hamburgers for the whole city come by and get one and we made ten thousand free hamburgers and then we wanted the hamburger to showcase our commitment to quality so we got fresh ground beef and we also made our own sauce and um after that it wasn't the sauce that we sell but after that you know our vps sales joked he's like we should make hot sauce and sell it somebody was like we should sell the sauce we put on the hamburger and our vp sales like no we should make hot sauce and I said, uh, I wouldn't be opposed to doing that. And he goes, you know, he goes, oh, I'm, I'm not serious. I'm not being serious. I said, no, I think it's a good idea. I think we should make hot sauce. I said, it'd be funny. And um, I said, but it's only funny if it's actually a good hot sauce. So I said, you know, we put together a team and they spent almost a year uh, researching hot sauces before we came up with what is now mule sauce. And it just won first place in a blind taste test against 400 other hot sauces. So it actually is a really good hot sauce, which you know, makes it all the more entertaining. And um, it's good marketing for us too, because like, right, it's funny and, and, and it makes you memorable. Not every company sells hot sauce. So it, you know, we want to be memorable. We want to be top of mind. And uh, hot sauce is a funny way to be top of mind, right? It's like one, you don't forget a sticker company that sells you hot sauce Two, If you actually like the hot sauce, we, we are part of your daily routine. Yeah, you know, it's interesting how you're using something every day in a commoditized industry, right? Like there's so mm -hmm. many sticker companies out there. There's like, you know, whatever, but you're like, there's an association there, um, yeah. which is, which is awesome. And it's well played, right? It is funny. Like yes. you can't, can't not do it. You probably spent a lot of time marketing the way in which you roll that out and the humor behind it. And, you know, it's not, don't try yeah, this at home, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So it seems like you guys looking for me at your job board, you hire all over. You mentioned there's a team in Europe. Um, I saw, I don't mm -hmm. know if your facility's in Amsterdam, New York. Is that, is yes. that the, that's, where okay, I'm so, that's, that's my hometown. Oh, so 
18,000 people, um, smaller town. Is that right? Um, and so you you had 18,000 employees or something. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, <laughs> okay, so hiring everybody always talks about as being hard, but I got to imagine you have a bigger facility here. You just said something about, um, you know, a barbecue for the city, you know, and everything. W- what are the kinds of things you're doing to hire and, and staff and, and all that stuff? Eventually you realize you got to do marketing. You know, when we were at a certain point, we, we couldn't get people. And the reason was, is uh, nobody knew us in our hometown. So we didn't, we don't really sell to our hometown. There's only 18,000 people there. There's only a few businesses. There's not a lot of revenue there. So Sticker Mill was growing in our hometown, but you know, we were marketing to the world, not to Amsterdam, New York. So a lot of people in our hometown didn't even know us. And, you know, our supervisors are saying, we can't get people. It's getting harder and harder to get people. I said, well, you know, I think what maybe some, some new companies don't realize, I mean, companies eventually realize this, like successful companies. Um, but you have to market to get talent, just like you have to market to get well, customers. And so, yeah, we just put put aside a marketing budget to get the word out in our hometown. And our strategy there is mostly events, um, fun events. For the community, there's not enough fun in our community because it is a small, kind of depressed town. It used to be a lot bigger. It used to be like forty or fifty thousand people, so it's you know it's on a downturn. So like a lot of the enthusiasm had left, and so yeah, you know we do events. Um, we so get people to smart, come to events actually. And, yeah. So I mean, there's so, literally a budget set to hiring, and yeah, they go yeah, and spend yeah. and advertise yeah. the company to that prospect, not to potential yep. customers. Yeah. And primarily through events. And then, you know, yeah. And then we do as much as we can to support the community. Um, in in, in the States, is that the only facility you ship out of? Uh, because of the pandemic, we opened a small facility in South Carolina because we got shut down. You know, we got shut down. So it was funny. We got shut down. It was very frustrating. You can imagine. Right. And so we were, you know, I complained for about a day. I don't like to complain, you know, because like, people just complain and they do nothing. They do nothing. So I was like, well, I'm not going to just complain and do nothing. So I said, well, we're going to try to open up another facility. So we were shut down for a month. We, I complained for a day. And then uh, luckily I had a friend of mine that was um, running uh, distribution centers for Dollar General in South Carolina. And I called him and I said, how hard would it be to open a facility in South Carolina? He said, I could look into that for you. So he ended up, uh, yeah, he ended up finding a facility for us. And then he ended up uh, leaving Dollar General and running our facility in South Carolina. And he set the whole thing up. So. He was like, how are you going to do that? I was like, I don't know, figure it out. But uh, yeah, he did, he, did the, he did the whole thing for us. And it, that's, that's a much smaller facility, but it was part of, you know, we had on our um, mind, you know, in our backlog of things to do that you, you need uh, redundancy. You need a disaster recovery plan, right? So for as many things as possible, we have backups, but we didn't have a backup for the manufacturing because we didn't think there could be an event that would, I guess you do think there could be an event because there could be some, you know, some natural disaster or something that could shut you down but we didn't really think it was a major priority to have redundant manufacturing but uh yeah the pandemic happened and we decided let's have some redundancy in the manufacturing do you run the business off of uh like uh a track have you read the book traction you know obviously you're running a, a bigger business do you do you try to run it off some or like a sort of methodology to yeah uh i didn't get that from anywhere in particular um yeah, I couldn't tell you where that came from. You know, I don't know. Just, uh, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I didn't get that from, I just, I don't know. I, 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 this is my framework, actually. It's my own personal framework. I said, like, uh, 
in business, you just do two things. You find problems and you fix them. So I've kind of got that from my co-founder. Just like, what are our biggest problems and fix them. And if you look at business in general, um, the bigger the problem is that you solve, generally the bigger the return. So, right, we solved the problem of like uh, st- st- stick, how, to, how to buy stickers easily, right? That was like one of the original problems. That's the original problem sticker mills solve. But then inside sticker mills, all these little micro problems that we need to solve in order to make our business run. So, yeah, we, I just, I'm just constantly finding problems and fixing them. Um, but if you look at it, like our problems relatively small in the scheme of things, right? Like Elon Musk is trying to bring internet connectivity to the world via Starlink, right? It's a much bigger problem and the, and the, and the return is much bigger. You know, he's the Tesla with the electric cars, right? He made, I don't know how much, hundred. he's worth $270 billion. So um, yeah, business is generally about solving problems and the harder the problem you solve, the bigger the return is. So um, within sticker mill, the bigger, the, the, the more challenging an issue, the, the bigger the return is. I, t- I used to tell our team in the beginning, because you guys know you're in manufacturing, you say, well, certain things just can't be done because there's constraints in manufacturing. There's only uh, certain machines are available, right? They said, well, there's no machine that can do this. Um, I said, well, That's you're like, we're going to build our own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I, I, I said, to you, I was like, when was it that we put a man on the moon, like in the 60s? How the heck did we do that? Like somebody figured out how to do that. We can't figure out how to invent a new machine. Like really? I mean, it's a doable thing. It just doesn't seem like so I, easy. I think what I'm I'm hearing, Anthony, like your leadership style is there's no such thing as like an objection, just obstacles. Right? Like Yeah, and you have to weigh the difficulty of doing things. So I'm not gonna like take on I look at the challenge and I look at like I'll do an analysis. Like if it's if it's uh if it's something I can do relatively quickly, I'll do it. If the return's massive and it takes a little bit more time, I'll do it. Um, if it seems like it's going to be a huge undertaking, you know, with questionable return, probably I'll stay away from it. Yeah. But, how, yeah. How? I mean, I hear like this Italy story. I hear opening a place in South Carolina. I hear like we're going to build a machine. Are you pretty – do you take your time to make decisions are you pretty like knee jerk impulsive with it? Like I'm a pretty impulsive in, in my decision making. How, how are you when it, when it comes to like, comes to that as a business owner? I'm fairly impulsive. Okay. You know, I would say quick. I don't know if I'm anywhere quick. I do tell people I have, a, we have, we, we operate off of principles. Um, some of them are published on our blog. And uh, one of the principles I said is like, you have to be aware of bias, right? So you do have, um, ideators bias and you have a recency bias. So ideas that are fresh in your mind seem better than they should be. So I will like pause sometimes, or, you know, maybe my pause is I talk to other people, right? I try to move quickly, but I will call other people. I don't act independently. I'm always calling people. If like, say, uh, let's start in South Carolina. I'm not just, let's go do that. And that's my idea. And I tell people to go do it. I call the rest of the team. What do you think? Should we do something in South Carolina? I call my friend in South Carolina. What do you think? Would this be hard to do? Um, so, I wouldn't say, you know, maybe impulsive is the wrong word. I like to move very quickly, but I try to temper my decisions by getting feedback from other people and like letting a second set of eyes. And if I get enough buy-in from other people, then I'll do stuff. But I, I take advice from everybody. Like I, I, I'm actually, um, you know, I grew up in manufacturing. I'm friends with all the, a lot of, I'm, I can't bring friends with everybody in the factory on the factory floor, but I'm friends with a lot of people on the factory floor. And I run, I run my ideas by as many people as I have time to. And if people seem to agree, then we, then we move forward. That's super cool. Uh, just you personally outside of work. When I Googled your name, it came up that you won a boxing match. Yeah. In Mexico? I'm actually, uh, you've yeah, been I'm training? A, I'm, yeah, I'm a box. I'm still, 
Tenley supposed to a box uh, June 10th, but they don't have the the opponent finalized yet. So I'm waiting on that. But uh, I couldn't find a video because I wanted to, I wanted to oh, see I it. Send you the video. So I'm four and yeah. four knockouts. I'm four and four knockouts. I don't know. People want to know why I do this. It kind of adds some balance to my life. Like I got a little, maybe I wouldn't say depressed, but you know, I don't like, I don't love just working. Um, I don't like just, and you know, I don't really, I'm financially comfortable. I've been comfortable for quite a while. So since like year four of sticker mill, I've been financially comfortable. So, uh, you know, just working and figuring out how to make more money. Like, um, it's not so exciting. I do like innovation, but, um, in terms of hobbies, I tried a few different hobbies and I, I like, I like boxing. When I was younger, I did it a little. And, and, um, my friend who coached me was a <clears throat> retired heavyweight pro boxer. He actually, uh, fought out of the same gym as Mike Tyson and the Catskills. And, um, he always want, wanted me to be a boxer. He wanted me to be a pro boxer, but I, I didn't do it. And so I got a chance to box again. I was in Mexico and I started boxing just for fun. I got a chance to box again. And I sort of did it just to just to support my friend because my friend, who's a retired pro, big giant tough guy, was running around. He actually works for me. Uh, and he, he runs the warehouse at Sticker Mill, and he uh, he uh, he was running around telling everyone that I can box. He's like Anthony could have boxed. Anthony could have boxed. And people thought he was nuts. They're like, you know, I felt bad for him. He's always saying I could box, and and he continued saying I could have, but I just didn't do it. And he's like, you're like Anthony could fight. You should don't 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 discount him. People thought he was not so, and I, I said, you know what? Like this guy's running around forever saying I can box. People say I can box. Let me let me try and do it. So, um, yeah, I had a first fight in Mexico. One, I did two amateur fights. One both by knockout. And before my fight, like my my coach and my friend and my coach in America and my Mexican coach, they both said that you know they're like you're going to knock guys out very easily. I said, why? You know, I had been to gym sparring and stuff. I said, I said actually two days before my fight, I said, he goes, you're going to knock the guy out. I said, coach, I never knocked a guy. I never even hurt. I never knocked a guy out um why would i do it he goes because when it's a real fight it's different it's gonna be a little more serious and you're gonna you're gonna take more seriously and he said he also said you're a really nice guy which is true like when i spar i think it is at least i don't like to hurt people in sparring so i take it i tend to be more defensive in sparring but he's like when you feel the pressure you're gonna turn it off a little bit so i won my first fight by knockout in like the first round and uh then i won my second fight by knockout with a punch to the body um and uh, I shouldn't say this, but I don't know, whatever. Then I fought pro and, and got a knockout. And I just fought pro again um, two, three months ago. Got my second knockout. So I don't know. I, my plan, I'm, I'm, I'm 40. So like my tentative plan. Will be you don't look 40. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. going to guess 30s or early 30s, but. Tentatively considering, you know, taking boxing seriously for the next six to 12 months, seeing how far I can get with it and then retiring because it's driving, it's driving everyone crazy that I do this because it's a big distraction. But um, <laughs> it's like, where's Anthony? He's just like training in your boxing. office with a bag. I mean, yeah. it's like, it's like, it's the next challenge for you. You said something there earlier where you're like, I've, I've, you know, the manufacturing, I've gotten that high and sales marketing, I've gotten mm -hmm. like, I'm going to just go try something else. And you, you see people doing this, right? Like, yeah, he sucks doing jujitsu. And yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, you know, I, should, I should go fight Mark Zuckerberg, but I'm like, <laughs> yeah, internet but, company. Um, you know what? I give him credit. Company. I did, uh, I did jujitsu for a little bit, and jujitsu is a great sport, you know? Um, yeah. It's a much better self defense sport than boxing. Boxing's so, so, a. So what's, what's next for you? You've obviously like, you've been successful, you know, like your story is incredible. And I hope shop, shops listening to this, like if you see an uptick in, 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 uh, orders from print shops, uh, it's cause they just probably hear this and are probably inspired by it. But like, what's next for you 
Um, where, where do you see yourself, you know, 10 years from now? Yeah. So about a year ago now, uh, we launched our own social network. So I didn't even get into so, talking about that. Stimulus.com? You know, yeah, we launched a, yeah, we launched our own social network called Stimulus. That's a huge undertaking. We built it from scratch. If you look at all the some some of the other ones that um sprung up to compete with Twitter. So we decided to start building stimulus. We started building stimulus before Twitter got acquired by Elon Musk. Um we didn't even know that was gonna happen. We were very frustrated, I think similar to the way he was with the way Twitter was conducting itself. Um, not so much from the censorship perspective. Um, more so from that we saw that Twitter was designed in a way to encourage bad behavior. So, um, you know, you're playing a game, Twitter's a game, you're playing a game and you want to win the game. And if the rules of the game say that in order to like get attention, like that's the way you win is to get attention. That's the goal. The way you get attention is to be provocative and to be nasty. The players are going to do what it takes to win. It's like, you know, boxing, right? You have to knock the guy out to win. Right. So I don't like hurting people, but if that's the rule, I'm going to do it. Well, the rules of Twitter was you, you almost had to be a, a mean spirited to be successful on Twitter. That's the way it was architected. That's what the algorithm wanted. That's what they pushed you towards via trending topics. So we saw all that. And I think the whole world was very frustrated about Twitter from a censorship perspective. I was very frustrated about Twitter from this perspective. I thought they were casting humanity in a negative light and, and pushing people to become, you know, worse versions of themselves. And, and I said, you know, we have to show that uh, social networks don't need to be so negative that you could build one that's more positive. So. Again, stimulus is a social network is a game like any other. The game is to get attention, but we removed all the uh, incentives to be nasty and replaced them with new incentives that allow for more positive behavior, namely um, integrated integrated giveaways. So people are looking for a lever to get attention. People use giveaways and other social networks to get attention, um, but we integrate the giveaways right into the platform to make it easy. So if you want to get attention on stimulus, you don't need to come on and say you hate someone or say some provocative statement about politics or whatever, you can just run a giveaway and you're going to get a ton of attention by running, you know, by running the giveaway. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, you know, my main, you know, aside from the boxing, you know, that's, that's probably, that's my main focus right now is, is continuing to grow that. Um, I don't know where we'll end up in the, in the social media space in the scheme of things, but I think, um, hopefully we can at least influence social media in a more positive direction by, by, showing people that there can be different design decisions, design decisions built into the, uh, into the platforms. And if you come on our platform and see there's all, it's all positive interaction. Like one of our other innovations, which Twitter is sort of copying. And I think other networks are eventually all going to copy is, uh, we verify everyone. So you can't interact on a network without verification, but we do ID verification. We need it to ensure the giveaways are fair, right? Because without verification, you could be on the platform 20 times. And enter a giveaway. You can enter a pla- you can enter a giveaway a hundred times, and you're biasing the result in your favor. So, we did uh, integrated verification to secure the giveaways and make sure they're fair. Um, but we also did it as an incentive to encourage more positive behavior. So, if you're operating on stimulus, you have to get verified to interact. You're not obligated to use your real name. If you use your real name, you get a green check mark. If you don't use your real name, you get a, a alias badge that indicates to the world that you're not using your real name, which is we think is your right to do. But we think to the extent people operate using their own ID, they just naturally behave better. Like another huge issue with Twitter was the you know anon anonymity, right? You don't know who these people are, and in real life, through the majority of human history, um, when you interacted with another human, you exposed your identity because they could at least see your face. So if you went into a bar or a, a store and caused a scene, right? People are going to have some sense of who you are, which is an incentive not to 
behave badly. So in real life, people tend to behave better than people behave on Twitter because people were behaving anonymously on Twitter. And then Twitter created a rule structure that basically told people to act like jerks. And so, of course, you know, just like boxing is a rule structure that requires hitting other people, Twitter had a rule, Twitter had a rule structure that required insulting other people. And so, um, you know, so that, that's what they did. But yeah, we think both the uh, change incentive structure and uh, mandatory verification are, are positive innovations for, uh, for social media that like create a more pleasant environment online. And uh, I'm actually kind of happy Twitter's already doing that. I think Al Musk realized like a verified platform. He's doing financial verification, not ID verification, but I do think it's on the roadmap for Twitter to do um, ID verification as well. And um, they also removed some of the uh, incentive structure from Twitter that, in, that was encouraging to bad behavior. So the algorithm um, isn't so kind to uh, negative statements as it was previously. Super interesting. I'm signing so, up. Yeah, this is, this is, this is our, other, our other thing. Yep. And yeah, you're going to see some fun integrations between sticker, between sticker mule and uh, stimulus in the near future. Like again, it's not good to pre-announce stuff, but um, you know we're doing financial giveaways. Those are the easiest ones to get started with. But we want to move towards uh, product giveaways because um, we think product giveaways are great ROI for brands. Like right, like giving away your product or giving away like a gift card or uh, or giving yeah giving away a gift card. You get massive attention via the giveaway, and if you're giving away your product, that's that's a lot more. Um, financially affordable for a brand and giving away uh, money or buying advertising. I'm going to ask you one last one. I think like more work related, but what do you feel like is your larger challenge running sticker mule today? You know, everybody has something, whether they're just getting started their business, they're at 5 million revenue, a hundred million revenue, you know, somebody's dealing with something. What do you think like that biggest focus for you that you're working towards is now? Con- continuing to grow traffic. You know, yeah. Continuing to go traffic, I realized recently, like, you know, we have great profitability. Um, but profitability isn't, like, you get, no one knows what your profitability is, especially if you don't say it, right? Nobody knows what your profitability is, especially, but uh, people don't really care about that. You know, if you really want to become a major player on the internet, you need, a, you need eyeballs, you need attention. So we've gotten into situations uh, negotiating with vendors, right? Where, you know, some vendors, like, really respect us and take us very seriously and, and, and try to have great relations with us. Every now and then we run into a vendor that doesn't take us so seriously. Um, and, uh, you know, really, like, like one, you need traffic to keep growing sales, but uh, you, you need those eyeballs if you want to be taken seriously and be in a situation where you can effectively negotiate with almost with almost anyone. You know, we've had, I don't want to say, but we've had issues at times negotiating with people that I wish we didn't have issues. But generally you're talking about, uh, you know, I will say one, because, you know, they deserve it. But, you know, Stripe was really bad to us for a little while. Um, Stripe just like in getting totally fees down, down or uh, Stripe totally they 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 worked with us on stimulus and then they totally took they totally took it away they they shut down payment processing for almost two months. Wow. Yeah, and just and I you know I just realized like it's unfortunate, but you know they take people seriously to have a lot of attention because they get concerned, right? If you're uh, if you have a lot of eyeballs and you're very well known, I mean we're fairly well known, but. Um, you know, you're more, you're taking more seriously and I, I don't like to be in a situation where I'm getting bullied by, no, I like, you know, I, I don't know what the heck happened there. We ended up, we, I had to, uh, we had to get our, we had to, we had to have our lawyers take over the whole situation and, and they ended up, um, then, you know, they ended up turning the account back on. I don't know if I should have said that, but I feel like they deserve some amount of people knowing that they can be abused. At times, even towards a company like Stickerman, I said, you know, I've been with them since day one, no problems. And, uh, 
the situation was we turned on, you know, so we didn't know when we started running giveaways on stimulus, um, we didn't expect this was gonna happen because everyone was ID verified, right? So we thought that solves everything, ID verification. But despite that, people come on the platform and started running fraudulent giveaways mm. in order to launder money. Or, or So basically like they would, you would have uh, malicious actors would like steal a credit card and then come on and run a giveaway to try to launder. Right. Yeah, and then they would, they would hope that the giveaway would go to their friend, right? Now, this happened, but it happened to the tune of a few thousand dollars and they got upset and shut us down and they wouldn't, and they wouldn't, and they, they kept saying, well, we'll turn it on maybe next week, maybe next week, maybe next week, maybe next week, maybe next week. I said, look, it's three, it's like three or $4,000. You know, we, like, I just told you our ad budgets, you know, in a million. So I'm like, our revenue with you guys is pretty substantial. You're going to shut our entire business down over $3,000 in fraud. People should know that these companies do stuff like this. And unfortunately, it's sort of a monopoly situation where there's only a few players that can do what these people do. So it's not so easy to leave them. And uh, yeah, so our number one, you know, my number one priority is, is you know, traffic. Traffic's what we need to continue growing the business. But yeah, I think traffic is what we need. I don't like being in situations where, unfortunately, Stripe is a much more well-known brand than us. And I think they think that, I don't know, I, I felt like it wasn't a nice way to treat us. Anyways, I get in trouble over saying things. <laughs> Um, oh, good. No, this is awesome. We, uh, we got to do this again. Um, I think this is, this will be a cool episode. Shops listening to this are going to be yeah. super I did, we, we didn't get much into the screen printing side because Stephen, you were like, oh, have you ordered, have you tried their ordering process on the screen printing side? I got to um, order shirts from y'all now to see, see what's up. Uh, that's exciting. <laughs> but, uh, well, thank you guys. This is fun. Yeah. 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 If you're ever in Chicago or in LA, do, like, yeah, this or, is cool. In both areas, but uh, yeah, definitely appreciate the time. I I know uh, you don't do too many episodes and stuff. You guys are pretty low key, but uh, we appreciate what you guys have done for the space and and been able to to really set the bar high. So, thank you, thank you both. This was fun. Thanks so much for listening. Hopefully that was informative. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to hit the bell for notifications if you enjoyed this video. If you enjoy all the stuff we're putting out, it's really helpful. We love to just be able to see it. That means that we're doing a good job. To subscribe, hit the bell for notifications and hit the like button. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.